Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host, Silwan. Great to be with you on this Monday. I don't know what's happening here in Indiana. We've had like, I don't know, a week in a row of sunny, about 78 degrees, 74 degrees, not a drop of rain, and it's predicted for like another week or so. So fall in Indiana is going well. Last night we had s'mores under the pines, around the fire. Deer came running by through the trees. It was awesome. Quite a contrast to what I'm going to be talking about today. Over the weekend, kind of had two experiences I want to talk about on today's show, and I'll probably continue this thread throughout the week. One, I learned of an old friend's sorrow. I learned how technology, phones, social media, our woke culture has literally destroyed his children. When he lived near me, I knew him well. We kind of lost touch. What has happened to his children is not what he planned. He's smart. He's educated. Yet, he has zero influence over their lives now. Back in the day, that influence was waning, and I warned him about it. And now it's happened. As I was considering that, talking it over with my wife, we watched the Netflix documentary, pseudo-documentary. Part of it's kind of like a sort of a movie showing how a family uses social media while the documentary interviews former tech employees. But The Social Dilemma. If you watch it, it's basically a word of warning from former tech employees at Google, Facebook, Twitter, and others. They explain to you, they show you how all of that technology developed to manipulate you to stay on your device and buy stuff. And the longer that they can manipulate you to stay on your device, the more likely you are to buy the stuff, the ads that pop up are selling you. Something early in the documentary they said that really struck me is on a societal level, millions of people, billions of people, if they can get you to move 1% at a time in a certain direction, That is enough to literally change culture, change society, get you to do things that make somebody else billions of dollars. As has been said very often, outside the documentary and within it, if you aren't paying for it, you are the product. Google, Facebook, Twitter, it's all free. So who's the product? You are. They're selling you. They're selling your attention They're selling their ability to change your mind. Now, as you go through this, one thing that became obvious to me is, in a sense, they have two concerns. That one, you're being manipulated without knowing it. And they tend to focus the manipulation on the financial, on what they're selling you. And then they sort of talk about division, which they do. But what's interesting to me throughout it, they bring up the word truth. And they all say it as if they are the ones with the truth. And this truth that they know of is getting manipulated and 
in a sense, sort of under the surface, if you look, it's very political. And I can tell from watching it that a lot of the truth of these executives is far from what my truth is. And then what they sort of say without saying it is, is not only have they been manipulating us as far as the truth of what we want to buy, they have been manipulating us as far as to what their political truth is, what their social truth is, what their religious truth is. But because all of them probably agree on what that truth is, they don't really talk about it as much. I think they're happy to move us 1% at a time in that direction because they think it's truth. And they're upset about the other because they have differing opinions about how long you should be on social media and blah, 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 blah. One of the most interesting things of the whole thing is how many big tech executives understand that once you are on technology, you have no control over it. And they don't let their kids on at all. At all. Steve Jobs didn't give his kids an iPad. Because they understand how manipulative it is. And I think back to my friend and I think the second that you let your kids be influenced by technology, you lost. You lost. There's no middle ground. There's none. The second that you let your kids have that technology, there is no monitoring it. There is no software to keep it safe. Because everything is about it. Everything about it is designed to do the opposite. Everything. Everything about it is designed to feed the worst parts of our minds. Now, one thing I agree with, when technology is a tool, it is neither a good thing nor a bad thing. It is how you use it. It is a tool that I use for this podcast. It is a tool I use to communicate with people that want me to speak. It is a tool that I use for presentations. When it is used that way, it truly is an awesome thing. But the second technology makes you the tool, it is 100% dangerous. Now, whether it's you or your children, you need to be aware of this. The second you are on your phone and you're just killing time, playing a game, you're the tool. You're the tool for them to make money. And it don't matter how you monitor it. I mean, now, you might only be a tool for 10 minutes, and you go, that's okay, I just killed 10 minutes, I need some easy time, but what if it's an hour, what if it's two hours, or what if it's your children, and everything they think, politics, social, religion, fashion, money, is being influenced by that phone, and your children are the tool, and your children are on that more than anything else in their lives. I think something that weaves in with this is that at the same time, this technology, this phone is being developed, that, that if it could, it would take over your mind and it would influence everything you do. It would tell you when to buy. It would tell you when to sleep. It would tell you what to eat. It would tell you what to consume. At the same time that happens, never before in the history of our country, our world, have parents been such bad parents. We've bought into the lie that it's normal for mom and dad to work and to send their kids to school at like two and for somebody else to raise them until they're 18. If that's you, you are just naive. If you think you have almost any influence on your kids, you don't. You got some. I mean, if you set a good example within that, like if you've been able to keep 
your morals, your faith, if you're able to have a life of meaning living like that, well, then maybe some of that rubs off on your kids. But the second they're out of your sight and they're at school and they're on their phone and they're with their teachers and with their your friends, that overwhelms them. And that's new. That's new. That's not how humanity evolved. That's new. That's a last 30 years thing, last 50 years thing. I remember when I was a kid, summers were longer. You weren't in school as long. There was still a sense that mom and dad weren't in charge of you. Mom and dad raised you. Weekends weren't as full as they are now. You were going to church on Sunday. Now, that's all gone. There are more, there are more families playing soccer on Sunday morning than going to church. And what's so hard about that is the guilt. I mean, literally, to do anything about it, you or us as a society would have to look in the mirror and go, we are horrible parents. We are liars. We lie to our kids and we lie to ourselves. They are just one check in the box and thing to do until they graduate and then I can really focus on what I like. It is a society of selfishness. I think more than anything, that is where the destruction and the divisiveness comes. There's no groundedness in family. There's no groundedness in community. There's no groundedness in culture. Whatever desires you want to follow, you can follow, and you will find a group that will tell you your desires are fine, and then you're a member of that group, and then you identify by that group, and then we have another group, and everybody's divided and everybody's fighting. And if you're young kids whose parents neglected them, didn't raise them, which is I don't know, 80% of people today, probably more, honestly. I mean, how many families eat supper together every night? How many families do stuff together on the weekends? How many kids are taught faith, religion, philosophy from their parents? Not many. Not many. And so those kids, because as human beings, we want to feel like our life matters. We know we're going to die. We want to think there's a purpose to it. Even as we're sitting there playing Candy Crush on our phones, we want to think there's more. And so you have all these kids, directionless, parents that suck, schools that want to manipulate them. Well, they find all these groups, extreme, not extreme, sexualized, not sexualized. And they say to them, join our group and you'll have meaning, you'll have an identity, and you'll have purpose. Of course, kids who are searching for meaning and identity and purpose are going to go to them. And then they define themselves in the most narrow of ways. It divides them, and we get what you are seeing. We have allowed this to enter our homes. We have allowed this to enter our children's lives. If you think you can manage it, you're a liar. You're the problem. You cannot. Something with so many people behind the scenes doing their best that the second you touch that phone, no matter what filter your parents have put on it, and I use parents lightly because I don't even call someone like that a parent. You're like a caregiver trying to minimize the damage of the poison you're putting in the hands of your children. But the second that happens, you have lost control. It is somebody else manipulating that child. And until they are old enough to be adults, to understand how it works, to fully make decisions for themselves... You're not doing your job if you do that. Now, that's hard to hear. But it is an unmistakable conclusion from watching The Social Dilemma. 
Now they're going to focus more on the time and the you know pop their version of politics and whatnot. But the the thing that is unmistakable after watching it is there is no controlling it. There is no minimizing it on our end. There are too many people on their end whose job it is to keep you on that as long as possible, to manipulate you as long as possible, that a child, and I mean a child being 16, 18, 12, 10, 9, whatever, is not going to be able to withstand it. They are going to be molded by it. The second you give your kid that phone, and I don't care what filters on it, I don't care what services on it, you have tied them into the matrix. You have said, feed on this be raised by this, be influenced by this. I give up. That's what you've done. That is what you've done. And that is the social dilemma. Because how do we teach our kids to use technology as a tool while not letting them become the tool? How do we do it? We don't let our kids have phones. We don't let them do anything on a computer unless we're monitoring it. Movies tend to be DVDs. We do everything we can to show them that technology is something that you control. And the benefits of it are two oldest, who are the only two kids in our family that have phones, but they're both in college. One's 21, one just turned 20 today. Happy birthday, Mary. They have phones, but they're not slaves to them. You don't see them sitting around that phone in their hand. I mean, Mary has challenges herself. How little time can I spend on a phone? She's got a counter on there. How little time can I spend on it? Is it any wonder that both our kids have almost 4.0s in college? Mary's in the philosophy club. She's in the theology club. Isaac works almost all the time, still has those good grades. He played college basketball. At night, we sit around and we talk. Our kids want to be around us. See, it's worth it if you do it. But if you don't do it, don't be surprised. Don't blame the technology companies. Don't blame the phone. That's what they are. They'll always be that way. Look in the mirror. That's a social dilemma. Can you look in the mirror? Can you be truthful? Can you face it? Well, hopefully you can. And if you can, tune in the rest of this week as we go deeper into this social dilemma. What to do about it with yourself. What if, what if you're single? What if you don't have kids? What if you don't have a family? You know, you're a young student. You're someone who's older. What do you do? Because guess what? You're the product too. What has it done to your life? How does it make you feel? Do you use it as a tool or are you the tool? As always, it's great being with you. Even when I'm spreading these words of warning, I'm still happy because it's awesome in Indiana and it's not always that way. I'm going to remember days like today, weather-wise, when it's the middle of February and gray and cold. But for now, we've got 78 and sunny. And no phone when we're walking outside. So until next time, my friends, I want you to aim high. Spread your wings. And keep your eyes on the things that matter, which is almost everything other than your phone. Family, friends, passions, hobbies. Exercise, getting outside, birds, deer. Me leaving for work this morning and little Gabriel who'd been walking the woods running towards me going, Dad, I just saw three deers. That's life. That changes him in a good way. That's what we need more of. 
I'll be with you tomorrow. As always, peace. You've been listening to the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.